Good morning, my ladies and bubblies. Welcome back to the RR Show. This is episode 173, and today we are going to have a jolly good chocolate, some Today I Fucked Up stories. We got a few of them for you, so get buckled in, sit down, get a blankie, get your tea and your popcorn, and, well, let's jump right into it with our first story from Damien St. James. Today I fucked up by nearly choking out an entire room of professional wrestlers with my, ahem, biological warfare. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. This happened in the summer of 2006. I was working for a Pacific Northwest professional wrestling troupe, NWA CPW, Oregon. I operated in the capacity of a referee at this point, and occasional wrestler. Every Friday, we put on a show at a bar in East Portland, Oregon, near Teagard. The bar had quite a large open area in the middle with a stage in the back. The ring was in the middle of the bar, and the announcer's commentators sat at a desk on the stage. The wrestlers and referees used the dressing room stage left to dress and wait for their time to perform. The room was perhaps only as large as your average person's living room, and there could be at times 30-plus guys having to cram and sit shoulder to shoulder in this room. This plays a major factor on the story. The Biological Apocalypse as the Golden Girl Sophia Petrillo would say, picture it. Portland, Oregon, summer of 06. Let me tell you, it was hot as bulls that day, and I, along with every other performer in NWA, were miserable. It was near 90 degrees outside and about 5 degrees hotter inside the bar where we were performing at. Let's call it Piper's Pit, in honor of the late Portland native legend. Even with the AC going, the area around the ring was easily 95 degrees. Our dressing slash locker room had to be between 1 and 110, due to the fact that the AC just was not reaching that room. And all the extra heat from the people being in there. I habitually throughout my life, due to discipline as a child slash teenager and anxiety over being late, had arrived an hour before opening bell. I'm diabetic and was at the time, though I didn't know it at that point. I had skipped breakfast and lunch, so I was feeling pretty damn weary from the heat and low blood sugar. Piper's Pit had these amazing sausage dogs that were full of like a nacho cheese, red onions, and some zesty Southwest barbecue sauce that was to die for. I bought a few, and sat down in the sweltering locker room 
with the guys to catch up on everybody's week. As I conversed with my fellow wrestlers, I felt a dreaded sensation. My stomach gurgled and roiled. Not a gonna bar feeling or have a case of the runs, but a major buildup of gas. Due to the makeup of the lunch, the lack of anything to dilute said meal, and the chemistry of my body's blood sugar, I was more or less brewing what amounted to mustard gas. I got that feeling that, oh no, this is gonna be very bad feeling deep down in my bowels. Imagine readers, you shake up a bottle of carbonated soda, and you can visibly see the buildup of the bubbles. That's what my body was doing. I tried to ease my way out of the room to head to the pit's bathroom, when more of the wrestlers arrived and I was blocked in. There really wasn't an escape except the staircase that would take you to the stage. As I moved, my body did not like that, and much like Mount St. Helens, Krakatoa, and Tambora, my body was about to go full Vancouver, this is it. When I crossed the threshold at the point of no return, much like that previous analogy of opening a bottle of shook-up soda, I very, very slowly began to unleash the bioweapon to end all weapons. As the wrestlers began to discuss their spots, the actions they'd perform in the ring and such, everyone started to cough and gag. I continued to step towards the stairs and the only door to freedom. I don't need to go into detail, but let me tell you, Reddit, what came out of me could have provoked a UN investigation into war crimes. Even I'm struggling not to gag while also trying to make sure nobody knew it was me. Many of the wrestlers turned and accused the largest wrestler in the company, who wrestled under the name the Cascadian Colossus, of being the bioterrorist. He denied it up and down, and even went on to describe his own brand of stank as proof. Some acknowledged this is true, so the accusations fired left and right as people coughed and fanned the air to try not to die of inhalation. I made it to the door, still letting out tiny clouds of death with every step. Just as I was about to exit, that's when our booker, little nasty boy, walked in. He was a midget. Before I get tagged for being insensitive towards little people, I must impress on people that this individual's gimmick was literally the world's largest midget. He got offended at being called a little person or dwarf and actually preferred to be called a midget. And I imagine that his lack of physical stature made what he was about to encounter far worse. Alright everyone, I got the card. Taji, you're going to be working with text. Tommy, you're going to be working more of your program with... It was at this point in his sentence, LNB stopped in his tracks and made that full body gesture like someone when they're about to smack a glass into a panel. He shook his head, coughed, blinked rapidly, groaned in disgust. Crud. This was my boss, and now he was among the victims of this biological disaster. Fuck! God damn! Okay, I'm Mexican and I'm normally I'm used to these things smelling bad, but somebody sure as hell better claim that or else! Naturally, I dreaded that or else. Since I was at the door anyway, I quickly raised my hand to ask which cards I'll be working on. 
LMB through strained breaths gave me my matches I'd officiate. The first match was mine, so I took that chance to head just head out to the ring. Now, some of you might not realize it, but the refs in pro wrestling have to also be in good shape. We have to flop to the ground and immediately get back up, sometimes multiple times in the expanse of many seconds. So naturally, this meant the body has to move around a lot. The first match was the equivalent of putting nitroglycerin in a blender. The very first time I had to drop to attempt to free count, I let one go. <laughs> the pair of... The pair of wrestlers rolled around on the mat and stopped for just a second when that wave of familiar death hit them. <laughs> One looked right at me <laughs> and through gritted teeth growled, It was you! <laughs> the second wrestler did much the same, only he said, Fucker, you're getting bumped. <laughs> Bumping is a term in pro wrestling where you get slammed, walloped, dropped, etc. And they made good on their promise. As soon as the match was over, Wrestler 2 executed his signature move on me, a power slam, and slammed me to the mat. Of course, I had to play dead. That slam released yet another bomb, and in less than a minute for me to come to my senses, even the audience was gagging and accusing one another of being the culprit. Match after match after match, because Wrestler 2 had informed the boys in the back what I had done. I got slammed, decked, slapped in chokeholds, and even hit with steel chairs. Nobody went overboard, but trust me, a chair shot is a pretty damn good message. The Aftermath What some fans of wrestling might know is there's a practice called Wrestler's Court. It's more of a less veritable kangaroo court, where your guilt is already assigned and now you have to state your case so they can determine your punishment, if any. As punishment, I had to clip air fresheners to the belt loop of my jeans I wore in ring for an entire month. Further to that, I had to write the word skunk across the back of my hand. It was a bit humiliating, but it was better than what they were thinking. I, I am not going to lie, it was a struggle to get through that one. That, that had me cracking up. Our next one is from Slim Valley. Today I fucked up by going on a date with a girl from Tinder who seemed way too good to be true, and I did not see the red flags. I, 23 male, was talking to this girl, 23, for a week on Tinder and Instagram. Man, she was gorgeous. She seemed very fun and outgoing, but she did have a investment girl boss vibe to her. And that's okay, but I should have seen it coming. I asked her for a coffee date, and she said yes. We meet up and she looks good, but not exactly like her photos. No problem there, let's see if we connect, I thought. First 10 minutes goes great, conversations flowing and I ask her if she wants some coffee. After all, we're at a coffee shop on a coffee date. She says no, because she's had some earlier. First red flag, I mean, who goes on a coffee date but drinks some just before the actual date? She tells me to go and get one for myself if I want. Alright, no problem. I go and get my coffee and when I come back, there's another girl at our table. She says, hey, this is my partner. We'll call her B. I was working with her earlier. That's when it hit me. This wasn't a date. 
B starts asking me questions about my job, my studies, and asks me if I would listen to their business plan so I could make more money each month. So she takes out Notepad and starts explaining me their business model and how much money I would make if I would find three other people who would find three other people themselves, etc. I straight up tell her. So, this is like a pyramid scheme, right? This isn't a date. To which the first girl responds, Oh, it's a date, but you seem like a cool person to become our partner, Lamau. And this isn't a pyramid scheme. It's multi-level marketing. Okay, so exactly the same thing? I couldn't believe that this was happening to me. Oh boy. I sat there for legit 15 more minutes and listened to them explain to me how I could make up to 5k a month if I was to get 100 people to join this business. I told them I had to leave to go to the vet of my dog. They didn't seem happy that I wasn't interested in their multi-level marketing. I laughed so much on the way home, I was crying. Oh dear god, imagine getting catfished into a pyramid scheme. <laughs> Quite smart on the girl's behalf though, that is a good way of meeting a lot of uh, new potential clients quite quickly. <laughs> so our next one is from Comrade Babushka. Today I fucked up by assuming that lobsters are cheap and that I was getting a steal. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This happened about three years ago when me and my parents went to this fancy seafood restaurant in Thailand. Alright, so we sit down and we're browsing through the menu and I spot a lobster dish which only cost about 5 bucks 50 and I was like, holy shit, that is so worth it, so I order it. The dish comes in and since it was so cheap, I just ate it all without bothering to share it with my parents. After I finished, I was thinking, damn. I want more and it's only 5 bucks, so I ordered another dish. I was thinking to myself, why aren't more people ordering this? It's so cheap and delicious. Well, lo and behold, my dad receives the bill and he is horrified and visibly paler. He passed the bill to my mum and she gasps. The bill was 130 bucks and 100 bucks of that was the two lobsters while my dad and mum ate about 30 bucks worth of food combined. I was like, what? That's not right! The lobsters are 5 bucks each! So we look at the menu, and my dad is just pure disappointment. And it says 5 bucks per 100 grams. And the lobsters I ate were definitely not 100 grams. Looking back at it, I was not the brightest teenager and should have remembered that if we're sitting in a fancy restaurant in the most prestigious mall, I don't think they would be selling lobsters for $5. I mean, to be fair, your parents were like right there. They should have twigged on to the fact you were, I don't know, ordering lobster. Today, you all fucked up. Our next one is from Flask Extinguisher. Today I fucked up by grabbing the turkey to break my fool. 
Nothing like a Thanksgiving fuck-up in front of the whole family, huh? About five hours ago, I was helping set the table for Thanksgiving dinner. The turkey had just been pulled from the oven and I was bringing glasses and napkins to the table. This year, our family was celebrating a much larger Thanksgiving than we're used to. Normally, we host a Thanksgiving with six to eight people in attendance. This year, we invited all the aunts, uncles, and cousins to come too, and for the most part, it was a blast. We don't often get together, and so getting to see everyone was a special treat. That said, when my aunts and uncles come, six kids under the age of 10 come with them. While I love my cousins, they are at least partially to blame for the following fuck-up. After the turkey had been brought to the table in preparation of carving, I was bringing some glasses and napkins to the table. Unfortunately, my little cousins were chasing each other around at the same time. Before anyone could stop them, one got tagged pretty hard and fell into the back of my leg. For those who haven't had something like this happen to them, the knee basically gives out in this situation and mine did the same. As I was going down, I tried to grab anything to break my fall. Unfortunately, with one hand holding the glasses I didn't want to break, I grabbed the only thing I could. The turkey. The turkey, however, did not break my fall and instead went down with me. On the way down, I smacked my eyebrow off the dining room table before I pulled the still extremely hot turkey and juices down on top of me. Needless to say, the turkey was basically ruined, but luckily no one was seriously hurt, although I have got a sizable lump over my eye and a burn on my hand from grabbing the hot turkey. Hopefully, no accidents at Christmas. Oof, this poor guy actually posted uh, pictures of the aftermath of his face. And uh, he definitely does have a black eye and a lump on his eyebrow. More, more to say that, I think the lump on his eyebrow has developed a face. It looks... I feel for him. It, it looks sore. If you want to see it, go to therrshow.com and I have posted it to the blog on the community page. Go and check that out and be warned, I winced. <laughs> Now, I haven't read this next story, but looking at the username and the title of the story, I might be cracking up for this one as well. From you slash performance issue, today I fucked up by sending a picture of myself to my straight friend. So I'm 19, male and gay. I've been friends with this guy, also 19, but very straight for about four years, I think. And he's what I'd call my best friend, or at least a close friend. I've liked him for a few years as well, and I told him because I felt guilty about it, and he was totally, completely okay with it. And he treated me no different for it. About a year ago, he'd met a girl that he really liked and had talked about her a lot. He asked her out about a week later, and he's just obviously, absolutely crazy about her. And when he told me he had asked her out, it hurt a lot more than I expected. And I finally realized that I don't just like him, but I'm actually in love with him. And I felt shit about it for like almost a month and kind of stopped talking to him for the most part. After a few weeks, he reached out to me and we talked about it for a long while and he helped me feel better. And I slowly felt less guilty about it 
and went back to normal after a few days. Anyways, fast forward to yesterday, I had taken a, um, a booty pic. It was the sitting on the bathroom counter side cheek type angle, and I had asked if he was alright with me sending it to him for an opinion on the picture. I've sent him somewhat similar pictures before for the same thing, like pictures of outfits and clothing asking what looked better and so on and so forth, so it wasn't unusual. And since it was my first ever booty pic that I've seriously taken in my life, I wanted to ask him for his opinion about it. He said it was fine and that I could go for it and send it. And so I did send it. And he reacted fine. We talked about it and he told me what he thought was good about it and we joked about it a bit and then we went on to another subject and just talked for a bit longer for the night and then said goodnight to each other like we usually do when we're talking to each other late at night. The next morning, I sent him a meme or two and another picture, but of my hair, because I never really showed him how long my hair really is, and he laughed about it, and we chatted for a bit. But sometime later in the day, I'd realized that he'd blocked me on everything. I'd be lying if I said I didn't feel a little bit of panic. My best guess is his girlfriend ended up seeing the booty pic and freaked out about it or something, and made him block me or else they're done or whatever. She knows about me and she knows I've loved him for about as long as they've known each other and that they've been together, but I guess this broke some kind of line. I felt like crying ever since I noticed and checked my Instagram account and Discord. She even made him ban me from the Discord server he made for his friend group. I feel sick to my stomach. I know how crazy he is about his girlfriend and I understand why he would have listened to her. I don't blame him, but that doesn't change the fact that it hurts. Like a lot. I know he'd never be able to love me back because he's straight, and well, the fact we live a pretty decent distance from each other, at least a six hour drive, further guarantees that it's not a possibility. And I was okay with that. I was just okay with just being able to talk with him, because I didn't only love him, but He's also a genuinely amazing friend. I just feel like shit, and I hate myself so much. I have so much regret, and I wish I had a time machine or just the ability to go back and stop myself ever doing it. Oh, guys, that last one caught me a bit off guard. I was expecting something really fun, really funny, but that was a... That was a bit of a sad one, wasn't it? Jeez, man, I feel bad. That is it for this episode of the RR Show. Don't forget, if you want to check out the picture from the uh, turkey story, head over to the rrshow.com. And until the next one, guys, peace out. Take care. Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Do you enjoy science, spooky stories, and all things paranormal? We do too. While we would love for most paranormal stories to be true, 
we are here to tell you that they probably aren't. But that doesn't make them any less fun to speculate about. We are the Spooky Science Sisters podcast. In this podcast, we bring you bi-weekly discussions on possible scientific explanations behind the supernatural. Backed up by research articles and other credible sources, we do deep dives into things like archaeology and physics and share in-depth discussions with topic experts. Visit us at SpookyScienceSisters.com to listen to a couple of skeptics debunk some of your favorite alien encounters, cryptid sightings, and ghost stories with science, sass, and a significant amount of laughter. Thank you and stay spooky.